0: Welcome, it's the Long Coat Mafia, the internet's most hated and mafia-themed geek podcast.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia podcast. It is I, the one, the only, Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. this show's frontman and main host. Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls, aliens of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and those visiting from the Shadow Realm that wish to listen to our podcast. It is Sunday, y'all, and we just got done recording our main episode of the week with Sasha the Princess of Darkness, and as always, as we are waiting on the files to edit from Sasha, and while you guys and gals out there wait, I decided to... ...to once again drop a filler episode for all of you to enjoy. And once again, yes, it's a Lost Media episode. And why? Because all of you out there seem to be enjoying it, number one. Number two, uh, why not? And uh, yes, uh, for all of you who have been listening over the past couple of weeks... ...it is going to be yet another The Covert Cast episode... Why? Because again, you guys seem to be enjoying the covert cache for some weird reason. Granted, not many of you, but a lot of you have been enjoying it. And uh, why not give you all of you what do you enjoy? So uh, let me explain for all you new folks out there that are listening for the first time. Anything that's referred to as lost media is any type of media that you cannot find anymore. Most people define it as something along the lines of radio, TV programs, movies, music. But I like to include podcasts in that uh, category as well. Why? Because you have a lot of podcasts that, well, disappear or fade away into the background after about a year for various reasons, whether or not the people doing it lost interest, this was a falling out, etc., etc., etc. But in this case, it was due to various reasons this show is no longer being made or found elsewhere. And the show that I like to use, or have been using for the past couple of weeks, is The Covert Cast. And again, the show is defunct. They like to talk about uh, stuff like UFOs, ghosts, Aliens, you know, stuff like average conspiracy theories, and try to kind of talk about why it's a conspiracy theory, or why it can be fake, or why people enjoy this particular tidbit of the paranormal or conspiracy. So, that's it. That's pretty much why I'm giving you these here today. Not to mention, like I said before, it's filler. It's something you guys and gals out there enjoy. So, what are we talking about today? Or should I say, what are the guys behind the co- covert cast talking about this week? Well, it's Mothman. That's right, Mothman. West Virginia's own very special cryptid. And as much as I would love to go into it a little bit in depth myself, I'm going to let the guys from the covert cast talk about it. So, what more can I say other than. Hey George, cue the music.
0: We'll be right back with more of the Long Coat Mafia podcast.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to episode three of the Covert Cast. Uh, we're your hosts, the Man and Dusty. How you doing today, Dusty?
3: Doing good. Happy to, to get this uh, episode kick-started.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, the episode 3 is going to be about the Mothman, a uh, cryptid urban legend, possible UFO, possible sandhill crane, depending on who you talk in and, and uh, how you look at it, from the uh, West Virginia primarily area. Um, before we get into that, uh, we did get an interesting email, and you can email us at thecovertcast at yahoo.com. Um... Says, Dear Dusty and the man, when I first heard you guys were doing a conspiracy theory podcast, I was skeptical. I was half expecting the man rambling on about how the government is hiding this and that and how Bigfoot is somewhere out there in the Florida woods and that the American sheeple need to wake up. Then I listened. It wasn't that at all. You guys just took the information that was out there and took a scientific approach to analyzing the data. I was afraid you guys were going to sound like those nut jobs on coast to coast and ramble on about the evidence. And that we need to believe and all that. Anyways, you guys got my attention. Good job, Mo. Um let me say first I like covert or uh, covert cast. I do like covert cast, yes. but I also like Coast to Coast. Um it it's a little far out there sometimes. Well
3: he's referring to, you know, some of the occasional callers they get in that are just completely off the wall and with it, some I'm of their right, stuff. If
2: we could ever get people like that to call in, we'll oh, damn yeah. sure do it. <laughs> I'd have a field day. <laughs> um and but, I just want
3: to say it's Skunk Ape out in the Florida woods.
2: Yes, yes, Skunk Ape. But anyway, thank you, Mo, for sending us an email. Mo is one of our regular listeners to our other podcast, uh, geeky podcast, Slacker and the Man, which you can hear that on iTunes and at com. Anyway, let's dive into Mothman, Dusty. Alright, let's do this. Alright, well, let's go with first on Mothman. Let's go with the first reported incident of Mothman, okay? There were, after this first reported incident, other people came forward that had other experiences almost at the same time and then days before, but this is the first reported experience, um... And the Mothman phenomenon actually went on for about eleven months, um, from November fifteenth, nineteen sixty six, to December fifteenth, nineteen sixty seven, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia.
3: Isn't that like thirteen months?
2: What did I say? You said eleven. Numbers, no numbers. <laughs> words, and numbers are not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> but anyway, on November fifteenth, nineteen sixty six, there was two couples: Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Stephen and Mary Millet. Um, along with their young cousin, Lonnie Button. What are you pointing at, Dusty?
3: Oh, no, just catch, catching up with my notes oh, with your okay, so am okay, okay, Messing okay. them up okay. and just trying to stay with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, now, right. I do want to say there have been conflicting reports whether or not the cousin was with them or not. Yeah, see, I've
2: heard both. and all the stuff I read, I heard both. But I've heard more reports that the cousin was than wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah, take it for what you will. Um, but anyway... It was late at night on November 15th, and they were riding down a road in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and they ride by an abandoned World War II uh, TNT facility. It was an abandoned factory, and it has what they call igloos, which is basically an underground bunker with a door uh, where they could store TNT, and they were designed so they couldn't be seen from the air in case the Japs flew over or something like that. Something like
3: hobbit holes. Yeah,
2: it's really what it looks like is a hobbit hole. And, uh, And, you know, at this time, though... Most of that land had been sold off, and a large part of it was the McClinic Wildlife Management Area, which was the popular spots for the teenagers to go bang in their cars and drink beer and all that good stuff.
3: Pink graffiti don't you? Yeah, what exactly. What teenagers do. Yeah.
2: I mean, every town, especially small towns, every town has that hangout. Yeah. You know, I mean, so... It, but that was that place. You know, Lookout Mountain or Lookout Hill or... You know, Neck and Corner or whatever you want to call it. That's what we had where I grew up was Neck and Corner. Neck and Corner. Neck and Corner. But not Neck and Corner. Neck and Corner. I got you. But um, anyway, they're riding by this place. And um, they notice two red lights and a shadow by the old generator plant near the factory gate. Now I've seen photos of this generator plant, but it's it's since been torn down. But it looks like any abandoned warehouse from a scary movie in the middle of the woods. Yeah, I mean it's like a two or three story uh, brick structure. You know, all the windows broke out, all the doors kicked in. You know, graffiti on it, all that, all that stuff. You know, I mean as I'm saying it, you can get into the image in your mind. Like I said, it is the stereotypical abandoned warehouse in the woods or abandoned factory in the woods, whatever you have. But uh, they see these two red lights in the shadow by the gate to this so they stop their car and they think they see a large animal and to quote them shaped like a man but bigger maybe 6.5 feet 7 foot tall with big wings folded against its back and that's according to Roger Scar- S- Scarberry it is Scarberry right?
3: that's what it looks like it's, I mean Scarberry is pretty much verbatim what yeah. it, it so looks like, it's spelled like
2: the two couples and the cousin or maybe not the cousin get back in their car and they go to haul ass town Well, when they do, these two lights and this shadow and this big creature they see gets up to fly and follows them. Now, one of the interesting things... About this creature, and in almost every account of sightings of this creature, when it takes off, it spreads its wings, but it doesn't flap them to take off.
3: Yeah, that's really unusual.
2: That's really unusual. So, you know, this creature takes off and starts pursuing the car as it's driving down the road. Now,
3: they're going better than 100 miles per hour. Well, that's
2: what it said. They, at points, they were driving in speeds exceeding 100 miles an hour, and it was staying with them. It wasn't yeah. past, it wasn't gaining, wasn't falling back. It was staying almost at the exact same speed with them. So they go into the uh, sheriff's office in town, and I'm trying to find the name, uh, Madison. they go to the Madison County Courthouse and alerted Deputy Millard Halstead, who later said, I've known these kids all their lives. They've never been in any trouble, and they were really scared that night. I took them seriously. Um, they went back to look for anything with the deputy and couldn't find anything, but he said, you know, in his opinion, he'd known them their whole life, they were really scared about something. Yeah. Um, and oh, something else, while they were fleeing from this creature, they saw a dead dog on the side of the road, Which ties into our next sighting. This one actually had to have taken place before that, but close to the same time. Um, well, they say uh, November 15th, the, day, the night before. Was it the night before? Yeah. Okay, okay, the night before. Um, Newell Partridge was at his home, close to where they were at. And he's watching TV. He gets some weird interference on his TV that he's never seen, but, you know, something odd. Some yeah. kind of weird interference on the TV. And I should
3: bring up, though, uh, when they first saw The Creature, they said they had some weird interference on their radio.
2: That's right, they did. Yeah. Um, and uh, an excellent movie. If you want a good account of all these things, an excellent movie is a uh, – it's on Netflix Instant Streaming. It's a documentary called um, The Eyes of the Mothman. Excellent, excellent documentary about the Mothman. That's kind of what spurred our interest in it for yeah. this episode. But anyway, so uh, he sees this stuff on the TV, the interference on the TV, and then his dog starts going crazy outside. So he goes outside to see what the dog's the dog's name's Bandit goes outside to see what Bandit's going crazy about outside, and this creature he describes it almost to a T, exactly like the other people did, and it's standing in his yard, and the dog is circling it barking.
3: Yeah. Now, what's unusual is the dog is a well trained hunting dog that'll almost always come back to the, well, would always come back in the past to the hunter when he'd say come. And this time, when the farmer called the dog, the dog wouldn't come. Well,
2: now, I can tell you from experience raising hunting dogs and uh, as well as law enforcement dogs and whatnot like that, a well trained dog like that, one of the few times they will absolutely refuse any of your commands if they think their master's in danger. Yeah. So if the dog didn't like what he saw or smelled or something like that and thought his master was in danger, he wouldn't have come back to him. So that kind of, you know, stays with what I know to be true of uh, animals like that. But uh, he goes inside to get his rifle. Decides it's probably not a good idea to go back outside with a rifle, so he decides to stay inside until daylight. Well, then he goes back outside at daylight, no sign of the creature, no sign of the dog.
3: Well, what I thought was interesting about the farmer... He said had it been a bear, he would have been willing to go out there with his gun. Yeah. But this thing, he didn't even want to go back out there with the gun. Right. He ended up sleeping with the gun that night.
2: I mean, that's just odd. I mean, you know, and and then, like I said, they saw the dog on the side of the road when they were running. Now, that, to me, that's stretching it. That could have been any dog. Yeah. You know, they've never really described the dog enough to say that, oh, yeah, that sounds like uh, Farmer uh, Partridge's dog, but...
3: And then, it could have been, it may not have been. I mean, there's no way to know, really. And
2: then in the same area, a few days before this, after all this starts coming out, these three grave diggers come forward and say that while they're digging a grave for a funeral service, um, they see something in the trees, watching them, in the middle of the daylight this time. Yeah. And when they start describing it, it's described more or less like the other ones were. You know, the other two were. You know, it's big creatures, uh, seven to eight feet or six to eight feet tall ten foot wingspan you know and now i do i did find on another website it didn't go into any great detail on it but uh, it says according to the book alien animals by janet and colin board a poltergeist attack on the scarberry home occurred later that night and during which the creature was seen later that night i haven't seen or read that in any of the other things about the scarberries Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean that hasn't come up with anything I've really read either. But I mean,
2: but that's according to Wikipedia, so take that for what you want. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there just several encounters. I mean, there was one I'm trying to think of the the, uh, the girl's name, uh, Connie Carpenter. She was, uh, let's see, 18-year-old Connie Carpenter was driving home from church at 10.30 a.m. past the Mason County Golf Course north of Point Pleasant near New Haven, West Virginia. She saw a huge gray figure shaped like a man but much larger, at least seven feet tall and very broad with large, round, glowing red eyes seemed to focus on her with hypnotic effect. As she slowed her car, a pair of wings unfolded from its back, opening to a span of about 10 feet. And then the figure rose slowly and silently straight up off the ground without flapping its wings, then swooped straight towards the car as she accelerated to escape it. A um, Mothman sighting was again reported on January eleventh, nineteen 1967, hovering over the town's bridge with several other times that year. Um, now, something that's interesting about, I think, was the Connie Carpenter the one... Um, where the lady was inside? It's hard to. Keep no, no. It's
3: Marcella Bennett and Raymond Wamsley and another woman. All right, well,
2: tell us about that one. You have that one pulled out. All right.
3: Uh, Marcella Bennett, Raymond w- Wamsley, and another woman were leaving the home of friends when they encountered a large winged creature with huge glowing red eyes. Bennett was so alarmed by the encounter, she dropped an infant and she was carrying in her arms. I mean, that's just how much how scared she was of this creature. I mean, so she swoops the baby back up and they run in the house and then this. This creature starts coming on the porch, walking around, and looking in the windows.
2: That's pretty damn creepy. Yeah, that
3: one makes my hair stand on (laughs) the end. I mean, every other one, I mean, I can read, and it doesn't affect me. I read that one, and... There's something about the creature peering in the windows. Well, because like there's that. a
2: psychological effect. Once you get inside your house, you're supposed to be safe. You're there's safe. A- that's your safe haven. That's your castle. You know. Mm-hmm. That's why I think in a lot of the vampire mythos, they have to be invited in to hurt you in your house. You know. That it's just that's a it's like I said a psychological thing that once you're in your house, even though if you really look at the construction of houses, it's easy to get in. That even at the door, you can't get in the door. You could bust the window or the hell the wall. You yeah. know. I mean, any of that kind of stuff could be the case, but. There's something in the back of your mind that makes you think I'm in my house, I'm safe. But yeah, that's I mean, and this just continued to happen until. uh, Let me pull my article back up until. I'm not prepared. Okay, November
3: fifteenth. Is that date you're looking for? November or December fifteenth, December
2: nineteen sixty-seven. The uh, Silver Bridge, which connects Ohio and West Virginia, it collapsed. Yeah, And a lot of the sightings were of the Mothman in and around the bridge. and But this bridge collapsed. A uh, a uh, examination of the wreckage after the collapse of the bridge said that it was a manufacturer defect in one little part on the bridge that caused it to collapse. And it killed a shitload of people when it mm. collapsed. And the Mothman sightings pretty much tapered off when that bridge w- went.
3: Well, I know some residents reported hearing like a sonic boom sounding noise coming like from the direction underneath the bridge right before it collapsed.
2: But that could also be just a you know, brand myself mean, snapping. Now, there's a couple things you have to think about with this. Could this have been some kind of misidentified creature or animal or something to begin with? People kind of just got caught up in this mass hysteria. They saw it. They saw it. They saw it. Then, when this bridge collapses and it kills all these people from a small town, they've got something else to think about. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that that could be the case. Um,
3: it just it doesn't seem un- it doesn't seem likely that many people would mistake it for something else. Even caught in the hysteria. There should have been at least one or two people that saw it for what it was.
2: Well, one of the other things that, uh, and this is my least favorite explanation for what it is, is that it was a misidentified or mutated sandhill crane.
3: Yeah. I mean, Uh, I've seen cranes before. They would be hard to mistake for like a man-like creature. Well, we both grew up in Florida. Yeah.
2: And I'll, I'll give you a good example of how stuff can be mistaken. Um, When I was a teenager, I was at a buddy of mine's house, and there was quite a few of us teenagers there, you know, but his parents were home, and we were out, like, on the deck behind the house, and there's a road, dirt road, there's, like, his house, and then a dirt road that leads to nowhere, and then an orange grove on the other side of the dirt road. Well, we're sitting there, and I catch something out of the corner of my eye, no noise, just catch something out of the corner of my eye, like a gray shape, going down the road. The fuck was that? It wasn't a person. It was way too fast. It wasn't a car because there was no noise, you know. So we all freak out. And, of course, us being rednecks, we all go get our guns. And we're, (laughs) you know, going to look and see what it is, yada, yada, yada. Well, what it was was there was these cranes. Mm -hmm. And they were flying down the road. There was no noise. They're just gliding down the road. But out of the corner of your eye, when you just catch this gray shape flying, hauling ass down the road, you know. So, but we both grew up in Florida and are very familiar with sandhill cranes. They're yeah. all over the place here. But once
3: you saw a full on, you knew yeah, what yeah, it was. Exactly. I mean, so, these people were seeing Mothman full on. It wasn't out of the
2: corner of the eye. Right. That was the point I was yeah. going to make. You okay. know, is that that you know these people that have grown up with these things around there, because Point Pleasant is a rural town. Yeah. I mean, and you know, they. I, I just don't see them misidentifying an animal like that.
3: Not not many people, anyways. Maybe one or two people would say, "Oh, I." see this and think it's something else, but not the whole town. Like, Yeah, I
2: mean, I honestly...
3: There were roughly, I think, like 100 eyewitnesses to this. Now,
2: one of the other really interesting things that they go into in depth on, and it's one of the only things I've ever seen going into depth with it, is that uh, after the sightings, I believe it was after the bridge collapse... Um, there were several sightings of the Men in Black.
3: Well, that was going on before and after.
2: Okay, before and after. Yeah. But I know after the bridge collapse, they still had them. There were several sightings of the Men in Black. Yeah, and, and you know,
3: UFO sightings. And
2: UFO sightings. And the Men in Black sightings, they were specifically interested in the Mothman sightings. Of. Yeah. And these were the Men in Black. You know, we're not talking the Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. As much as I love those movies, <laughs> this is the Men in Black they were based off of. The yeah, this stories. is
3: 1967, 1966.
2: Yeah, these there were, were the, no movies then. The stories about the guys and Dark Souls. They come in. They have a weird complexion. They have a smile plastered on their face that never leaves. They're, like, insanely interested in everyday items, like uh, ballpoint pens and and stuff like that. They're
3: usually described as having, like, weird accents. They have a
2: weird accent. uh, Their grasp of the English language isn't always all that great. And they just ask the oddest questions. And they try to intimidate people to keep them from telling, you know, their accounts of... You know, the Mothman and UFO. Yeah. And one of the more interesting ones that leads that lends credence to it to me is there was an, a well-documented encounter at the courthouse from a uh, lawyer where one of the men in black actually came into the courthouse where the lawyer was working and had a conversation with her.
3: Was that the one, the, the weird guy with the glasses that was, you know, acting yeah. just really funny the whole time? Yeah, it was real fidgety uh.
2: and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's a lot surrounding this uh, I remember that pen story. Pen. That
3: guy ended up, like, at the end of the story, he took off with her pen,
2: you know. Yeah, he stole her pen. Yeah. He yeah. was real interested and kept asking questions. It was like a click ballpoint pen, mm-hmm. which, you know, may have sounded fancy town in 1967. Yeah. But <laughs> but at the end, he he snatched it up and hauled ass with it like he got us some big prize. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know what to make. You know, most of these things, I tend to have an opinion as to what I think it could be. Mothman, I honestly don't know. I, I mean I don't it's too big for me to think it's a hoax to discount it completely yes, yeah it's way too big
3: and also the only another problem I have would being a hoax is usually hoax are like one or two maybe five people like These are or are outstanding
2: members of the community though. not only
3: that but there's so much else going on and people are trying to perpetrate a hoax they're gonna to try to keep it simple they're not gonna bring in UFOs men in black you know they would stick to one subject in this case mothman
2: yeah exactly
3: and I'm sure they would have had you know footprints or something you know more substantial than or just eyewitness reports. Right, that well, that's one of the other hoax. thing. A lot
2: of times with stuff like this, less evidence lends more credence to it. Yeah. I mean, because you, once you get into, uh, you know, into footprints and stuff like that, that's where you can start discounting stuff pretty easily. But, mm. um, <clears throat> I forgot what I was going to say. That doesn't <laughs> happen to me often, but, um... Now, you brought up an interesting theory, Dusty, before we were doing the show when we were kind of going over our show notes. Yeah. You brought up a very interesting theory as to what it could be. And it sounds far-fetched, but then if you kind of think about it, it makes sense.
3: Well, my thought is maybe the Mothman was one of the Men in Black, or the alien creatures even, that, you know, was... Which I think the Men in Black were alien creatures.
2: Yeah, I... I mean, given the description. In my opinion, we're... At some point, we're going to do a whole episode on Men in Black, um... My opinion on the men in black is it is either somebody from a foreign, some sort of foreign organization, whether it be foreign as in Russia or foreign as in another planet, either working with the United States government or actually working against them, one or the other.
3: Well, my thought is the ET was actually some sort of test suit they may have been doing, you know, something for flight for like a You're single You're talking creature. about extraterrestrials could yeah. be
2: testing a suit. And that which that would go a long way towards uh, explaining the interference. Yeah, I mean um, it, it, them hovering before they fly because if it was some sort of suit, technological suit, you'd have to think if they have some sort of propulsion in the back and in the boots, the wings wouldn't be for lift; they would be for um, aerodynamics. Yeah, for maneuverability too. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that they would explain why the wings
3: weren't flapping because they just need to you know move side to side just right. a bit to operate it.
2: Um, you know that's I, that's. That's something that definitely is. I lend some credence to. Yeah. Another thing I thought about is one a story that's always interested me. Um, happened in let's see, eighteen ninety, April of eighteen ninety, in Tombstone, Arizona. Of course, we all know Tombstone from hearing about you know the shootout at the OK Corral, which wasn't even actually at the OK Corral. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know the the Earps and the and the Clantons and all that good stuff, but in 1890, just outside of Tombstone, Arizona, two cowboys killed a giant bird-like creature with an enormous wingspan. It was said to have smooth skin, featherless wings like a bat, and a face that resembled an alligator. Um, and uh, they say that the, the it actually resembled a pterodactyl, uh, the dinosaur pterodactyl. You know, really, one of the only things that doesn't couldn't match up with what they're saying is they didn't mention glowing eyes. Yeah,
3: but if they start the daytime, I mean, it may yeah. not been well. And this is a, eyes. now
2: it's considered. They call it a a, a thunderbird, is what they call. Yeah, it. Yeah,
3: Native American uh, mythos. They is referred to as a thunderbird. Right
2: now. um... But you know, the, this is a this was documented in the paper in Tombstone in 1890. You know, there's documentation of these guys killing it. The whole town saw the creature, and let's face it, back then it wasn't like today where you could go online and order a fake pterodactyl. And you know, yeah, I mean, so you know, that kind of lends some credence to it. And I'm thinking if there was such thing as Thunderbird, and there's still Thunderbird sightings today. Matter of fact, there was just one in Alaska. Um, in 2002, sighting of a large bird-like creature with a wingspan of 14 feet was reported in Alaska. Um, and witnesses are uh, quoted as saying it was like something out of Jurassic Park. In uh, 2007, there was a similar creature sighted in San Antonio, Texas. So, um, a lot of people seem to think these, though, are leftover pterodactyls or uh, pterodons, you know, mm-hmm. dinosaurs that are flying around. That, yeah, that'd be a little hard for them to hide. Yeah. I mean... I mean,
3: it would, I mean, but they could always be living in high altitude places that are hard to find otherwise. That's I mean, true.
2: But you realize how far away you could see something that big? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, and with the advent of satellite imaging and stuff like that, I mean, granted, you have to be looking for it and know where to look to yeah. see it, but...
3: Yeah, there'd also have to be a good enough population to sustain themselves this long. Exactly,
2: and- but you know if the thunderbird is something else something we don't know about or something like that you know it could have easily been the thunderbird is what they saw yeah and uh and you can't completely discount unless you can bring me evidence to prove it doesn't exist you can't discount something paranormal as what the uh, thunderbird or the mothman is
3: yeah i mean i i with everything going on around that area it's it's hard to you know actually pinpoint one theory over another it's just.
2: I mean, we can agree that something happened yeah. in Point Pleasant. They, yeah, I don't think it was a hoax. Something. I don't think it was just a sandhill
3: crane or an owl. You know, I think it was something beyond what we really know.
2: Now, I've never seen the movie The Mothman Prophecies, cause, mainly because every review I've ever read of it and every person I actually know that has seen it didn't like it. I do kind of want to watch it now just to see now that I've read so much on the Mothman and all that here recently.
3: I tried watching it when it first came out years back, but I never got through it. I, I'd like to go back now and rewatch it now that I've actually stood up more on the Mothman. Because when the movie came out, I knew nothing about Mothman. And it just it sounded like an interesting movie. But right. now that I know more about it, I do really want to watch it and see how they portrayed it.
2: Um, now, uh, let's see. What was that? There was something else I was going to bring up.
3: Uh, what about Ingram Cold?
2: Uh, oh, I, see, I know what else. Do you have anything on that or? Go ahead.
3: Well, Ingram Cold. It was um. All right. There was a truck driver. He was driving along the road, and he just sees this this object coming up behind him. And next thing he knows, it's going up and over him, and it goes lands in front of him and starts slowing down to get him to slow down. Well, he pulls over, and the thing stops in front of him, and out of it comes um. Like a door forms where he couldn't see anything before and a man comes out and comes to the side of his window and starts like talking to him telepathically.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember they talked about that in Eyes of the Mothman.
3: Yeah, he start he he names himself as Ingram Cold and you know, and just That's right. Starts, you know, questioning the man like basically like the men in black guy did at the courthouse.
2: Shit. Hold on, I'm looking up Ingram Cold now. Yeah. Why the hell is my uh Google's retarded sometimes? <laughs>
3: But, the, you know, Ingram Cold is just an interesting story because he said, basically, the guy that ran into him, you know, started saying he's seen him, like, years afterwards and get visits from him occasionally. And even his wife and kids, you know, claim they had been visited by you know, him. I'm
2: not finding anything on Ingram Cold. No? Surely. How, uh, maybe I'm misspelling it. Spell Ingram Cold. Uh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't know. Indrid Cold. Indrid? Indrid. Injured? Ah. Okay. There we go. Indrid Cold. Who was... Spotted by John Kill. Is that right, or... Uh, John Kill's the guy that wrote the Mothman Prophecies uh, book. Yeah, that's not right at all. No. Unexplained Mysteries. Indrid...
3: Well, I did have it somewhere in my notes, but
2: oh well. It's, I mean, it's not that, uh, not that, not that important to the story. Now, something else we should mention that is often uh, brought up as far as uh, Mothman goes is the curse of Cornstalk. Oh yeah. Um, the uh, I will tell you if you watch the Eyes of the Mothman documentary, about the first twenty to thirty minutes is a little slow because it goes into the whole backstory of Cornstalk. I don't know why. But uh, Cornstalk was a Shawnee chief in the area of Point Pleasant, and in 1774 he was fucked over and killed by the people at Point Pleasant. Yeah, and in one of his supposedly his dying words, were he was going to put a curse on the town.
3: Yeah, well, it's one of those small towns where it, the slightest thing can go wrong, and then they'll blame it on the you know curse of Cornstalk. It's more of
2: supposedly he cursed the town for 200 years yeah
3: it's I, I think it's just more one of those small town things where it's not really connected to the moth man i think it's
2: yeah i think yeah. it's just coincidence and there are reports that uh the uh, curse was actually a fictitious plot element of a local play during the early 1900s mm-hmm. that just got accepted as fact after years and years and years but uh yeah i don't i don't lend much credence to it uh like you said, the whole Mothman thing though is just, you know, there's there was all these people. It wasn't your typical shirtless hillbilly that saw him. You know, it was upstanding citizens of the community from the high end to the low end. You know, and it all happened within a 13th month thing. And then when that bridge collapsed, it quit. Yeah. I mean, now some people try to say he was trying to warn them about the bridge collapse. Well, he did a shitty job if that was what he was trying to do.
3: <laughs> well, a lot of people did say when they saw it that it, they felt like it was trying to communicate with them somehow and.
2: Yeah, I mean. I mean,
3: maybe it just didn't have the proper way to, you know, say what it needs to say. But there were several people, you know, claimed that they had visions after seeing the Mothman, you know, and then there was poltergeist activity in the area around the same time. UFOs, linen black, with all that going on, it's hard for me to nail down something that would explain it all because normally I try to look for a reasonable explanation, but what's right. well, going on... You know,
2: I, I'm of the mind. I'm skeptical about a lot of stuff until I actually can get evidence for myself, but also have an open mind, you know, yeah. that it could be what it is at face value. But I also, like you said, I try to come up with a reasonable, natural explanation first. But Mothman is just weird. Yeah.
3: Well, I like to think there's... somehow everything was connected. It's just... it's... Trying to see that connection, the you know the part that gets to me. It's...
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I honestly think there is, regardless of what it is, I think there's a key element that we're uh, missing from the equation here yeah. that would help. You know, it's one of those things you can look at it like a jigsaw puzzle, and you you know, there's like one or two pieces missing. If you could get those pieces, it would all fit together and make perfect sense. You mm-hmm. know,
3: um, well, the you know, the best I can come up with is the idea of. Maybe somehow it was like thinning of reality and they were, you know, kind of... Something was bleeding over from an alternate reality. I know it's a little far-fetched, but, I mean, that's about the best thing I could do that could explain everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know. Or, you know, it could be something even more simple than that. This could have been, um... Uh, you know, some kind of uh, government-tested, uh, you know, it, until you can bring us evidence to completely disprove this, it could have been some sort of government suit. It could have been some sort of government-engineered, um, you know, uh, bioengineering program. Yeah, and then they um, could have been trying to get it back. That would
3: be yeah, the explanation. I yeah. mean,
2: uh, and you know, and a lot of people try to say that, you know, these igloos that were there that housed the TNT – Um, At the uh, TNT, you know, that was turned into... I love how they turned an old TNT storage facility into a wildlife management area. (laughs) But a lot of those were leaking into the water bodies around the town. Which, of course, most of them probably had well water, and, you know, your well water comes from that area. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just have a whole... I have a problem with the mass hysteria thing when people are seeing the same thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, if one person saw Mothman, another person saw Bigfoot, and another person saw UFO, I could maybe lend that to they were poisoned by the TNT. Mm-hmm. You know.
3: I mean, that, though, it seems like something they would have tested for in the water, and then... You know, they would have well, been I mean, able to have some conclusion on that. There, I mean, that there, seems like there a was a huge effect.
2: cleanup there because that stuff was leaking. I mean, yeah. so we know there was contamination of the water supply there. But it's West Virginia, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> One of the problems I have with this is that, you know, like the story of Farmer Partridge, it's kind of hard to believe a rural town in West Virginia had all these sightings and nobody took a shot at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have been to West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah, them boys uh, they But there was the case with the farmer where something about
3: the creature, you know, kind of drove him off even though he had the gun. I mean, that's
2: I just, you know, I come from a um you know, I come from an agricultural background. Half my family was farmers, the other half were ranchers. I can't see any of the old grizzled farmers, real man farmers, on uh, you know that side of my family not going outside when there's a giant creature in the yard because <laughs> something about it just said don't shoot it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean these are the guys that had to put animals down and you know will kill uh, puppies with a hammer. You know, so. <laughs>
3: oh, that last part was too far. <laughs> no, That's <is> true. <laughs> oh.
2: Um, but yeah, I mean, I just. But you that know. does
3: lead some. Uh... That it was, you know, something paranormal. I mean, that would explain why it could have effect on people yeah. not to shoot it. I mean,
2: that's true. I mean, if you're going to hang out in West Virginia, you might want to have that power. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but um, now, next week's episode, we've been trying to decide what, or not next week's, the next episode, because we're doing yeah. these every two weeks. Yeah. Um, the next episode, we've been kind of going back and forth as to what we want to do next episode on. Um, you come to any further conclusion on that I haven't
3: I know um, two episodes from now we're going to do an episode on nine eleven. 11
2: yes because there's a whole big thing with the conspiracies on nine eleven. that would definitely that may even be a longer episode than normal yeah uh, that one may have to be longer because there's so much to it
3: yeah and so you know it's still something current something you can find more stuff uh, yeah on now absolutely. at this point and I mean, this day and age of technology is, is more well documented than most anything else. You yeah, know, you don't you run do into a lot of the problems
2: you do with, like, the Kennedy assassination. You know, yeah. there's a lot to go on with 9 11. Um, and thank everybody that's listened to uh, our first episode. You can find all our stuff on iTunes and at covertcast.com uh, or thecovertcast.com. And our first two, our first episode was about Bigfoot. The second yeah. episode was uh, the JFK assassination and possible cover up. Of course, this episode's Mothman. So, next episode, I say we do... We could do an episode on ghosts. That's mm-hmm. true. We could do ghosts. Ghosts are easy to research. I mean, there's a yeah. ton of uh, sightings and encounters. And, well, let's let's talk about... Uh, we actually had an adventure as uh, the Covert cast uh, last weekend. We went to a... Uh, here in Florida, there's a small... I wouldn't even call it a town. There's a store.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
2: it's called Homestead. And, or no. Is Homeland. The- Homeland. Homestead's down by uh, Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Homeland. It's in it's in central Florida. It's uh, just outside of Bartow, Florida, is where it's at. Just south of Bartow, Florida, off of uh, US Highway 17. And uh, there's a little cemetery there called uh, Homeland Cemetery. It's on Homeland Cemetery Road, if you're ever <laughs> looking for it. And supposedly, uh, this was where. Now, it's hard to differentiate this stuff because, it, you know. But supposedly, when there was an active clan in the area, there was a lot of African-Americans lynched there. And supposedly, there's devil worshipers that go out there and all that good stuff. Um, Dusty and I went out there with uh, somebody else to help us research. Our buddy Jake was out there with us. And uh, we went out and snapped a bunch of pictures, took some video. We actually had an EMF reader. Yeah. We also had a temperature. One of the... Um, Thermal
3: reader, um, temperature readers.
2: Yeah, the thing, you know, shoots a laser and shoots back and tells you what the temperature is. The only two odd, we didn't see anything. Yeah. Um, The only real odd things we found was uh, there was a headstone there. And on that headstone, it was about 10 degrees hotter than all the headstones around it. And was from about the same time period as all the ones around it. But that could also be explained away as a different, it could have been a different material in the headstone or... yeah. Um, the really odd thing is, though, there was a gravesite. The gentleman died in 2006, I want to say. I think it was 2004. 2004, somewhere around there. Anyway, early 2000s, yeah. early to mid 2000s, this gentleman died. But his gravesite actually was like roped off with like a PVC fence, and it was probably about what I say about a 10 by 12 uh, area, probably.
3: Uh, I think it was a little bit bigger than that, like a little bit bigger 15, than the studio 15, here, 15, yeah, like 15 about.
2: by 10, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, once you got close to it, the EMF reader would go crazy. And then the ground temperature over this particular grave was about what was it, about 15 degrees cooler over that grave. It yeah. was cool enough that you could stick your hand over, you know, at waist level over it and the ambient air inside that little fence was noticeably cooler than outside of it. Cuz folks, it's it's July here in August or it was August. Um it was August in summertime in Florida. It's hot as balls <laughs> day and night outside, but it was noticeably cooler over that grave. Um Well, there was also another
3: odd thing about the graveyard in general. There was a tree with, like, house numbers... Facing away from everything. Yeah, but this I mean, tree was... was
2: in the back corner, facing away from the road. But there's house numbers on this tree that I didn't understand. Yeah, that was a little uh, odd. We took some pictures and some video. We'll put those up on the covertcast.com. Um, now you have to do it this week, Dusty, because we said it. <laughs> 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 um, we'll put those. Uh, one of us will put those up this week before this episode goes out, where you can go check it out. Um, didn't really get anything in the pictures. Our buddy Jake got some pictures that he thinks he sees something in. I, you know, I, I looked at it and it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, and of course, orbs ahoy, but I don't, I don't, I don't put a lot of credence into orbs, but anyway, back to Mothman, um, so, Dusty, what do you think, Mothman, real, no? I think
3: it's real, but I still have no clue what it could be, I mean, it could be any number of things. So.
1: I,
2: I, I think, I'm with you, I think there was something there,
3: yeah
2: I don't know what. Or, you know, I I don't know what to attribute it to, but there was something there. There There's too much going on.
3: I do strongly believe it wasn't a sandhill crane, though.
2: Yes, I don't think it was a crane or an owl or any of that that other... I don't think it was a cornstalk curse, either. No. Um, But, yeah, you know. So, did we ever decide what we're doing next week?
3: Well, we were saying ghosts, but, I mean that's tentatively if it could change i mean
2: yeah i mean well i mean from the time you get this you got about two weeks till we do it uh, send us an email at the at yahoo.com or go to facebook and search for uh, the covert cast and let us know on there or twitter uh, at the covert cast um and let us know on there what you want us to cover on a yeah. future episode and if you want us
3: to cover ghosts and you have a personal ghost story send those in i mean we can read them on the air and yeah go over them a little bit um
2: Soon here soon I think our first uh, live episode is going to be UFOs right Yeah for, it'll be something
3: sure. you know that a uh, wide people could uh, yeah. call in on
2: so um we still don't have any exit music dusty
3: No you want to go ahead and put you some music You want exit me to music? do exit music again so, Go ahead. Right, well, You know do. you want to Um I'm the man I'm Dusty Wicky
1: wicky woo 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 wicky wicky woo woo woo
0: Mothman, there's no need to feel down, I said Mothman, lift that man off the ground, I said Mothman, cause you're in a new town and there's kids to be abducted, Mothman, there's a place you can go, I said Mothman, when you make your eyes glow, you can stay there, and I'm sure you will find many ways to scare the Hounds, folks Cause you're a really big M-O-T-H A really, really big M-O-T-H You have big, flappy wings Creepy, glowing red eyes And the element of surprise Cause you're a really big M-O-T-H A really, really big M-O-T-H You can swoop down on graves And land on some cars You're a true cryptid superstar Mothman Are you listening to me? I said Mothman What do you want to be? I said Mothman You can make real your dreams But you've got to know This one thing No man does it all by himself I said Mothman Put your pride on the shelf And just go there the woods of VA cause it's time to make folk history cause you're a really big M.O.T.H. a really really big M.O.T.H. you have big flappy wings creepy glowing red eyes and the element of surprise cause you're a really big M.O.T.H. a really really big You can swoop down on graves You can land on some cars You're a true cryptid superstar, Mothman I was once in your shoes I said I was Down and out with the blues I felt no man Even thought I was real They just thought I was some big bird That's when someone came up to me and said Young man Go and lurk in some trees, and just hide there In the forest all day, you can scare anyone that way Cause you're a really big M-O-T-H, a really, really big M-O-T-H You have big, flappy wings, creepy, glowing red eyes And the element of surprise M-O-T-H, you are one enormous, M-O-T-H. Mothman, Mothman, there's no need to feel down. Mothman, Mothman, lift that man off the ground. M-O-T-H, the world's biggest, M-O-T-H. Mothman, Mothman, are you listening to me? Mothman, Mothman, what do you want to be? And now, the Long Coat Mafia
1: Podcast.
0: It's a Long Coat Mafia Podcast! He's cleaning up.
1: First off, everybody, welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation the guys from the Covert Cast had about West Virginia's own cryptid, the Mothman. Second... Please keep in mind, the Covert Cast is a defunct podcast. And thus, any links, promotions, or so forth and so on are no longer in existence. So, there's that. So, if you have any questions, comments, and or smart remarks about the show, please send them to us and we'll address those comments and remarks and so forth and so on. And, heck, if we get enough, we might do an episode about them on the next main episode of... The Lone Coat Mafia podcast starring myself and Sasha, the princess of darkness. And thirdly, I hope you enjoyed that parody song that I initially found on TikTok or say a clip of it on TikTok, but I found the full version on YouTube. If I don't have a link to that version down below in the description, you could find it on. YouTube by searching "Mothman Y M C A parody" and you'll find it there. It's usually the first link that's there. It, as you heard, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and finally, if you have any general questions, comments, or smart remarks, or what have you, you could send them to the show by sending us an email at longcoatmafia at gmail.com, As always, uh, we are. F- if you want to be a participant of the show, you may do so by leaving a comment. On places like Podbean, which is free and available on iOS and Android. Plus other places like maybe Good Pods, if you see that. Just leave a comment there, we'll get back to you. Uh, also, you can leave a comment on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Mafia Podcast. All our links and then some are in the description down below or above depending on what platform you're listening to this on and hopefully they are click clickable if not please send us an email at longcoatmafia@gmail.com, at gmail.com and we'll send out a few nasty emails to a few people saying what the hell is going on but until then what more can i say other than good night everybody and see you next episode is
0: i'm a gamer i'm wearing a bikini See you next time on the Long Coat Mafia.